So I haven't seen Mamma Mia! the movie, but I did have a question for y'all, and maybe you could fill this in. Okay. What the fuck is that? Oh, you would know if you've seen Mamma Mia. <laughs> really? That sounded like the Dark Knight soundtrack. What is uh, what is Ma- what's what's your question about Mamma Mia, dude? Is Meryl Streep? I know it really well, actually. Is Meryl Streep the titular Mamma Mia? There's no in Mamma, Mamma Mia. Mia. It's a jukebox musical. It's just a song in it. Next mm, I actually, uh, uh, no, 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 no. There is Ma- unquestionably a titular Mamma Mia, and she is the titular Mamma Mia. Would you like to know why? Um, (laughs) let's hear this is now suddenly turned into like a high stakes like presidential debate between chris and justin and first i would like to hear the opposing viewpoint from chris plant please the reason that it's called mama mia is because the plot of the movie is that amanda seafried finds meryl streep her mother's sex book and she reads it and she goes oh mama mia Yes, this is yeah. what I would say is closer to. Mamma Mia is the expression about the wild, the wildness of the... Mamma Mia directly, in this case, refers to the sort of surprise of the farcical right. nature of the plot and the way the characters are reacting to the different complications within. It is not like Meryl Streep at no point would it make any sense at all for her to be like, greetings, I'm a mamma mia. <laughs> no, I understand. <laughs> Absolutely there's, there's also an alternate reading that I think is fair, which is Amanda yeah. Seyfried in discovering her own sexual identity while reading her mother's sex book is like mama yeah. mia? Yeah. Boy, I hope neither of my boys ever find my sex book. <laughs> that would not go down good at any age. Have you seen the sequel? But have you seen the sequel, Papa Pia? <laughs> and then have you seen the prequel, uh-uh. prequel called Baby Got the Diarrhea? My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Griffin McElroy, and someone outside my office window has the loudest leaf blower that's ever been invented on planet Earth. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant, and I know the best expansion to a video game Is the game baby of the asleep? Week. This is our bones or no bones. Is the yeah. baby asleep? Let's see. My name is Russ Freshick, and I know the best game of the week. That's, I can't decide for that. He's never asleep. Never fully. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he keeps from being murdered. <laughs> this secret's twice still alive. Uh, welcome to the Besties, where we talk about the latest and greatest in home interactive entertainment. It is a game of the year podcast that goes all year long. It's a video game club, my friend, just by listening. You are a member. Today we have, uh, am I reading this right? Call of Duty Vanguard. Now, Chris Plant, I thought they already made a game called Call of Duty. Mm, yes, Call of Duty Vanguard is another Call of Duty game. Uh, it turns out they release these every single year. Mm. And there's also Call of Duty Warzone, which is a Battle Royale game. You know, it sounds like this all might be obvious. We have so many listeners who actually don't play video games. Maybe this is helpful. It's, it is genuinely helpful to me. Anyway, Call of Duty Vanguard is like the latest in this. It is a World War II set version of the call of duty games and in truth it's three games in one it is a campaign for just you and you alone it's a zombie smashing game where you and friends smash zombies 
And it, it's that, you know, that tasty, tasty Call of Duty multiplayer that has made it such an enduring, enduring franchise. We are going to be talking about uh, all three of those different facets of this game and so much more uh, right after this quick break. This episode of The Best of These is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right. So, you know, there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their Aura frames, and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now... You can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. The 19th, like 19th main entry in this franchise Vanguard. Oh, you Mm. think they're going to do something super special? For, for COD, you, for let me hit you guys with this at COD XX, and then it, and people will be like, "Is it Future War? Is it Past War?" And they'll be like, "No, it's it's Future Past War. It's Time what? Splitters, baby. That's right, Time Splitters time." I mean, they've sort of sick. done that with um, Black Ops. I think they kind of went future and past in the same game. God, then never but mind. But they didn't have monkeys stupid. with guns, so I guess it's travel. not Time Splitters. So it, this is we're returning to the Second World War, or mm. as many refer to it, the last good one, the World War Two. <laughs> yeah, the, the um, type, I don't know about that. <laughs> well, no war is good. Obviously, I was just having a bit of fun for our entertainment podcast. Uh, Van Call of Duty Vanguard developed primarily by Sledgehammer Games, but like so many efforts at Activision, this seems like an all-hands-on-deck sort of deal. This is the first time returning to the Second World War since 2017, which was also the last Sledgehammer Games uh, entry. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's more or less it. I, I'll speak, f- I don't know, if did you guys play World War II, which was the last Sledgehammer game? A bit. <laughs> I've been I, so checked out on this franchise. Like, I, it's, I used to try to, like, at least play through the campaign, but even that has gotten, yeah, um, yeah. Sketchy. The the last one I like really liked was um, the remake of Modern Warfare. I thought yeah, it had like one, a pretty great, pretty good. Good, that, great yeah. campaign. Aside from like gross, like nationalist revisionist history, <laughs> uh, aside, uh, it was it was it was pretty great. Um, but yeah, can, yeah. We just, we, can we just say something real quick uh, up yeah. top? And I this is not meant to give us a pass, but it's meant to make this like a useful thing. Call of Duty, because of the length that's been going in the topic, is one of the most like I would say politically fraught franchises. And we cannot, we do not have the space nor time 
uh, or expertise to really talk about the full ramifications uh, morally and politically and geopolitically of this franchise. So uh, I think it, it probably for this brief discussion, we will try to limit to like the the game mechanic aspects of this as, as much as possible. Is that, well, is yeah. that I would, fair to say? I would yeah. also add that I think this game has the luxury, as did World War II to some extent, but this game even more so, like they lean into the idea that you are hunting and fighting Nazis. These are not like, you know, regardless of the like German soldier versus Nazi descri- like difference, these are straight up like they continue they are cartoon- to They are cartoonish Nazis, like the Nazis that you face. Th- this, this game is uh, like 12 movies. This game is like 12 different like World War II like movies of different of different like well they're all the same genre but it's got a lot of a lot of inglorious bastards in it. Yeah. Like a lot of inglorious bastards in it. It's got some some like little thin red line in it. It's got it has like a bunch of shit like that. So I feel like uh I don't know, it, more than past games it sidesteps that stuff by being a little bit more uh, accentuated to the point of non-reality, uh, yeah. That that helps, I think, in that regard. I, I think so too. I, you know, I I think we'll just talk about because it, it really is three discrete games, and there's almost no crossover between them. So just talking about the campaign to start off with, you know, I've played a lot of Call of Duty campaigns over the years. I think at this point, because it's been going on for so long, they really do need to figure out some way to distinguish themselves whether it's narratively or whether it's there's a gameplay mechanic or whether you're in fucking space. Um, I think this one in particular feels very much like we need to do a campaign. We don't know what necessarily something that's like super grippy or original. So we're just going to kind of do a bunch of levels uh, as told through like various flashbacks and then kind of jam them all together. But it does not feel you know, of all the camps, campaigns I've played, it, it, I would say is one of the more forgettable ones. Um, See, you I know. completely disagree. I thought oh, that's it was interesting. so well done. Um, just because it's so smart in the way that, like, it takes you to want... It, it has a crew of people. This is my, my... My struggle with this franchise is primarily a lot of the time you have, like, six white dudes in, like, fatigues and camouflage on their face and like you some can't, ha, some have red hair yeah some, some have, have red hair, hair. <laughs> one of them is named soap sometimes uh and so they're hard to keep track of this very smartly one they're like a lot more diverse than than you're used to but two like that each level is like a chapter from this person's life where it like helps you build an affinity for the entire squad of people that you are with by letting you play as the different characters and like establish some of their backstory um Two mixed yeah. results. I would I I would pause it. Okay. I think that yeah. they, I think they do some good work, but like the the only character, <laughs> it's funny. I guess I can't, I can't even remember her name, but the Paulina. Laura Laura Bailey uh, counter sniper. Uh, her shit is pretty dope. Uh, the uh, the other ones I kind of agree with Russ is it the, these games are wild because they are already pretty hit or miss just because they are three games in one usually and those three games are never of equal quality in my experience. And weirdly, I feel kind of the same way about the, about the campaign. Mm. If yeah. I could highlight one thing of the campaign before I let, let this go uh, and, the, and, and see what other people think, can we at least agree that the music is, is good? Absolutely. I, I got a track ready. Speaking of Polina, uh, I got like one minute of a track just to highlight this because for me, it was the best single component of the campaign. 
Uh, it's Bear McCreary, who, you know, Fuck did yeah. like, Battlestar Galactica and did great uh, Dark Void. Dark Void, the fucking great. So this is Paulina's theme after, like, it's called Paulina's Vengeance. It's like after the Nazis have taken everything from her when she decides to start, like, killing a lot of them. And it's extremely good. Give me one minute. It's, uh, it's awesome. It's, it's a yeah, fucking it's, great. It's fucking yeah, it's great. such a good soundtrack. And it really does make these moments feel cinematic in a way that uh, I think I think really lands. Um, because the gameplay is so varied, a lot of some of it doesn't work. Like, I just did an airplane sequence that was miserable. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> truly, truly, truly terrible. Um, but, Chris, what did you think? How did it, how did it hit? We were kind of split on this. Uh, I'll be honest, I focused more of my time on the other modes because the first level in this game is the worst first level I think I've ever played in a college. You're kidding, the train? Are you the train the train real? Not good. No. It's okay. so good. No. I, I mean, like I'm train. glad that your your threshold is set to zero. Um, <laughs> it's... <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it quite i guess here, here's the thing it was a very fun level when i played it for the first time uh on the launch ps3 um it, it's great yeah to see it, it feels like a 2003 era it's level it design level wild how i mean again compared to you're jumping between Call of Duty trains you're jumping between trains. Uh-huh. You could shoot the wheels out of the trucks and they explode and knock into yeah. the trains. It yeah. rolls. Yeah, you can you can shimmy along the side of a wall multiple you, times. Plant, there's there's like there's a person plant, with plant, a big do you gun. Like plant? Do you like Nazis? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> wow, <laughs> that you're you are rooting for them. We are not going down this goof hole. Okay. <laughs> it's not bad goof hole. Yeah, hey, it just seems weird. No, it's it's. It's uneven, but I th- I thought I thought it was I enjoyed it. I think there was enough beats that like landed, and I did like the way it was split up. Uh, some of it was like like Polina's level is very cool. She also feels different. Like uh, she does a lot of like um, she moves quickly when she's crouched. So there's a lot of like feels like sort of hurtling through tunnels to uh, avoid detection by enemies. It, it feels uh, like a cool sort of cat and mouse sort of vibe. But I don't know. I I enjoyed it. I don't know what to say. I liked it. That's okay. We'll, That's good. We'll allow it. Well, so that that is what I do want to say as we transition to the other sections. What is I guess neat about Call of Duty, especially if you're a longtime fan of it, is it really is a collection of video games. I mean, it, it's wild how much stuff you get when you pick up this game because the single player campaign, while smaller, I think than. Uh, what it was in the past or, or maybe slightly less ambitious is that fair to say certainly i think the- yeah ambitious small like i don't care these could be yeah. five hour campaigns i wouldn't mind yeah uh, i just I would think love it lacks that. some that ambition. would be excellent yeah. for me yeah, no. <laughs> but then the zombies mode is i mean the zombies mode here is a ju- it's a full game 
it is meaty. Well, um, let's be careful there because it is, it yeah, is explicitly not finished. Well, is it, sure, they, they, sure. I guess what I would say is it it is not a it's not just like a horde mode of oh you sit here and there is a level and they send enemies at you. Uh, let me let me clarify this because there's actually a very distinct difference between zombies previously the zombies mode and and how zombies works in this case. So in previous Call of Duty games, when there was a zombies mode, more often than not, it would basically be in a large open map and you would play as one of four characters and you'd kill zombies and you'd earn money and you'd use that money to either buy new guns or upgrade or open doors. And you'd basically play out this very detailed um, Easter egg process where you're kind of like unlock the map and discover secrets. And it was very like, uh, for me at least, intimidating because a lot of it, you kind of feel like, oh, I need a guide to know where I'm supposed to be going. And, 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 and it, you don't just feel that way. It's the truth. I have yeah. never enjoyed a zombies mode in, in this series until now because it yeah, sheds so th- all of so, that. So this mode still has zombies in it. Yay. You still shoot them. Yay. But unlike the, you know, following the very complicated Easter egg, you can jump into this as I did with total randoms and have a good time because basically what you're doing is there's like a hub area and there's some zombies there, whatever. And then once you're ready, you've killed a few zombies, you jump into these portals and then you're given these like little mini missions where it's like, okay, uh, defend this point for whatever, two minutes or follow this moving target uh, as zombies are like attacking it and you have to like keep it safe. So you're given these like mini missions that you do and you earn more points by doing those. And then you go back to the hub world, you upgrade your guns. You don't have to worry about like, where's the fucking switch to turn the electricity on so I can yeah. finally upgrade my gun. The, the thing is just right there. You just upgrade it. Um, it feels just very welcoming and instantly fun. Whereas I think the other zombies modes are very hardcore yeah. and really only cater to fans of traditional Call of Duty zombies. Uh, the, the best thing, in my opinion, is every time you complete one of these missions and you come back to the hub world, things get harder. Yeah. Um, and so I think I've made it, I think, like 10, 10 rounds before, like completed 10 missions and come back. And the whole time, you know, I'm gathering money to... Uh, how you get weapons in this this uh, version of it is like a loot box, kind of. Like you walk up to a chest and give it some money and a random gun comes out. And yeah, that's not new. That's been in... Right, right, right. No, no, no. I'm saying, but like that, that is, that is what you do with the money that you collect in these missions. You can also buy yeah. like, uh, passive upgrades that can like slow zombies or my favorite one, you can take over zombies so that they work on your team for a little bit and they are absolutely, no pun intended, monstrous. Like they will kill every zombie in the room in one hit. Um, but the whole time you are also getting XP and that XP is cross uh, it, it works for multiplayer too. While you're uh, yeah. unload, un- unlocking stuff in zombies mode, you are also unlocking that stuff in multiplayer. And eventually, every time you finish a mission, it gets harder back in the hub world. Uh, so after 10 missions, we load into the hub world and it's just too much. So then there's a mission you can take called Xfil, where you have to run across the hub world, which you could unknowingly populate with an unsurvivable amount of zombies to get out and get extra XP for the multiplayer mode. It's fucking brilliant because I don't like grinding XP to like get the stuff I want in multiplayer to feel competent and like two or three rounds of zombies and I was able to do that right away. Uh, also, it's very fun, unlike unlike zombies mode in the past. Yeah, I uh, almost I want Treyarch because they are the ones who who 
do the, the zombie stuff uh, to be able to make their own horde game. Like their own, and, and this is sufficient. It's fun. There is like virtually none of that puzzle box stuff in, in the zombies mode as is. I think they're supposed to be adding it, but like it's really fun in a way that is different from a lot of zombie games right now. And I just wish that they could do like whatever the fuck they wanted to do with this formula because it's really good. Uh, I wanted to highlight, I really, really, really like the new multiplayer mode patrol. Did you guys try that? Uh, is that the, uh, what is it? It's, it's new. So it's sort of like a command point type deal where there's like a hill that you're trying to like hold. And the longer you hold the hill, the, the more points you get. Right. Right. Except the, the gimmick is that the hill is constantly moving and not teleported around the map, like literally like moving throughout the map. And you're constantly having to readjust your like blind spots the points where you could get taken out from uh, a a distance like moving cover constantly like reassessing the situation and it makes it very tense because you can't get comfortable doing anything it's like really having to be like constantly sort of on the move um and weighing the value of like being exposed and standing in the middle of the, the control point and like holding it versus like being a little bit safer, but maybe not right there in the middle of it. Um, and it's really dynamic and like constantly changing the, um, the dynamic of the battle. It's always like the, the, the times that I've played has been like, was very back and forth on, on um, the mini map. Can your opponent see where the, the like zone is moving? The, so it's like, uh, uh, how would you put this agnostic? So like anybody, everybody knows where the control point is. Cause it's whoever is in it at that moment has it. It's just okay. on the HUD, basically. It's just on the HUD. Well, it's yeah, it's like huge on the HUD because they want everybody pulled to this Towards one it. spot to to fight. Yeah, I guess um, what I mean is like is the is the zone moving like erratically or is it moving in a straight line where it's like, No no no. Oh, it's really moving it's not erratic. It's not like teleporting around. It's like slowly just like cruising through. Like imagine if they were to like make this a bit more practical, it would be like defending a tank or something like that, or right. like a, yeah. a ar- uh, an armored car or something like that. Like that's basically what you're doing is like, it is slowly cruising through the map and you're just like keeping up with it. Yeah, it's an interesting twist because headquarters, which is like a very traditional Call of Duty mode was essentially that, but, but as you said, it was like a random location that it would teleport to after 30 seconds. And what that ended up with was you'd have a team that was like extremely good at holding down the point and unless your team was extremely good at coordinating to push back against them, it, 30 seconds would go by and you would just be like dying in a hail of gunfire. Whereas here you're constantly like, you know, the fact that people have to keep moving means that no one can really settle and, and kind of focus really their smart. aim on a doorway or something like yeah. that. When it forces you to compete rather than just accepting yeah. that you're not going to get one point back. There's there's a couple differences, I think, in multiplayer that do really good work to sort of... Um, Dis- disassemble a lot of the campy, like uh, intimidating shit for for players like me who like haven't really gotten into a multiplayer mode of COD in a while. Um, there's a lot more emphasis on like destructible 
like doors and walls, uh, which is always, I don't know, I think should be in every multiplayer shooter uh, because nothing is more satisfying than like blowing up a wall and then just coming up right behind somebody who's like camping a hallway that can't see you. Yeah, uh, it it does still. I, I I think there's some smart upgrades here. It still is not my jam because it is still, and I don't know how you fix this. I maybe you don't fix this. Maybe it's not broken. I just it's not how I like multiplayer shooters. But it's just a lot of being killed by someone like from 15 years in the past, like being killed by someone who is <laughs> on Mars. That you just like could not see in half a second. Like that's uh that's still what COD is. Like the kill times are very, 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 very fast. So yeah. if you don't have like uh complete situational awareness yeah. and you know, some knowledge of what the map looks like, you are at a kinda huge works, disadvantage. It kinda works for me though a little bit, or at least in the brief time that I played, and I'm I'm in the very much the same boat, but like the quick time to kill does make it so that you can like get lucky and like just roll up on two people or three people and mow them all down and feel like, damn, I'm actually That's the how best. I feel. Yeah. I'm actually yeah, the best where it's player. Like with on, Halo, on you catch up on somebody and if they're a better player, you shoot them in the back and they just turn around and start doing magic moves and destroy. Yes, yeah. exactly. Right. I like that you can get strategically lucky versus like actually have to be better than somebody else <laughs> at shooting video games. I do want to talk about one other feature of Call of Duty Vanguard multiplayer that I thought was very great, but also not very splashy. So pardon me. Uh, it has a lot of filters to it. So you can really craft the sorts of maps and modes that you're playing. Yeah. Uh, something that I've always found infuriating about jumping into a new Call of Duty game is when the maps are designed for like 10 V 10 or 12 V 12 you really have a very tough time of sort of getting your sense of bearings of like where things are and where enemies are coming from. And so you can set this to just give you six V six maps, which in my personal opinion is like the best balancing for a call of duty game. And um, you can set it to like, Oh, I want to do six V six maps. I want to do team deathmatch. I want to do kill confirmed. I don't want to do whatever domination. And you can make those choices and then it'll just throw you into those appropriate maps rather than previously you would have like a very large category and everyone would sort of like be in that and you'd sort of just have to like deal with it if you've got a mode you didn't want to play or you were uh, in a map with like way more people than you wanted. So I think that's a really smart change. I So let, should we summarize? I don't know how you do summarize. I, I don't know that you can I mean, summarize yeah, the, the I, whole I think thing. If, I think if you're looking for a single player experience, I, I think there are much better Call of Duty campaigns in the world. So like probably look elsewhere. I mean, I know Justin liked it more than us, but I liked it, but like I think the time I played it before I came here to record this will likely be the last time that I go yeah. to play it. You know what not, I mean? It's not like a glowing I, Yeah, uh, not purple. not not unenjoyable, but also like not something where I have to see where all these incredible stories end up. Yeah, um, but I would say for, like, zombies from, like, a co-op having fun standpoint, if you played um, Back for Blood and wanted more of that, like, pick-up-and-play multiplayer fun, uh, I think zombies is great. And I think, you know, Call of Duty multiplayer as, like, the versus mode, team deathmatch and stuff is very intimidating and not for everyone. What I would recommend on that front, if you've never played one, download Call of Duty Warzone, which is free to play. You don't need to spend any money and you can just try it and it'll give you a little bit of a sense of what it's yeah. like. 
The, um, the, the game mode is different. You don't need to spend any money, but you need a hard drive that's the size of your office. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. They are, they are very large, but uh, I think it's a, a decent way to just try and dip your toe in. Uh, okay, well, that is Call of Duty Vanguard. Good name, too. Yeah. You know, it's a good name. Good I mean, I guess. What is it? I mean... Okay, Russ. Hey, Russ, don't think, just answer. Give me a better name in Call of Duty Vanguard right this second. Call of Duty Nazi Hunters. Fuck, it is good. It's very good. Okay, listen, we're going to be right back, and we're going to talk about uh, Animal Crossing, the expansion, not just, like, as a concept. Okay, we'll be back. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track, especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want, get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties rocketmoney.com slash besties you go get a phone you just want a phone talk to your friends and family you're not asking so much then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech you know the contract may sound good uh, up front but there's always some sort of catch you know who's not going to do that to you not going to pull that nonsense mint mobile they're wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution, save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month? Say bye. To your overpriced wireless plans jaw-dropping monthly bills the unexpected overages sound familiar to get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month go to mintmobile.com besties that's mintmobile.com besties cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com besties additional taxes Fees and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. We're back, my friends, and we're ready to talk with you about uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Is that what it was? I mean, that is the name of the game. That is the <laughs> name of the game. That's the name of the game. 
Newer Horizons. <clears throat> Newer Horizons. The newest Horizons, I would say. Final Horizons, too, right, from my understanding? Uh, yeah, we should mention that Chris Plant had to step away uh, because his laptop died. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he, he he's with us in spirit. Yeah, but his laptop isn't. His laptop's in hell. <laughs> yeah, so there is new content. Weirdly, that can you all remember a time where Nintendo did like a surprise early release for anything? Because that's what no, they did No, this, this seems expansion. like a fuck up to me. I mean, it was, it was what? It was almost two days early. Uh, very weird. Thing dropped. I yeah, think someone's strange. flipped the switch by accident. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, this is the, what they call the final update. It's the 2.0 update for Animal Crossing dropped last Wednesday, I think. And, oh boy, uh, there's, there's a lot of stuff. I'll try to summarize very quickly. Uh, I, I mean, I can summarize a, pretty quickly by saying that there were a lot of features in New Leaf, which was the 3DS uh, entry, the, the form, the prior entry in the series before New Horizons, uh, that weren't in New Horizons just because, you know, they went in a different direction. That's her, their prerogative. But whenever, you know, the fan base has asked for new stuff, a lot of it is like returning features from New Leaf. Most of that stuff is in New Horizons now, like, like, um, f- customization for most of the furniture pieces in the game like a bunch of new haircuts from a special haircutting NPC. A bunch of the NPCs from New Leaf that aren't in New Horizons, they're in it now. There are just a million quality of life upgrades. Um, like For instance, you can build sheds now that you can place uh, on your island, and then anywhere you are, if you have a shed there, you can send stuff back home. Uh, and, and a lot of that stuff goes to, I, I don't know, a lot of those things are patches over problems that maybe shouldn't be in the game in the first sure. place. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it, it the, the quality of life upgrades, I think, are the, the reason why people are getting back into this thing. Also because there's, I don't know how many new pieces of decor and just design stuff that you can go wild with. Uh, I haven't even gotten into the DLC, the uh, Happy Home Designer sequel, essentially, uh, that adds if you played Happy Home Designer, which was the only interior decoration sort of game in in, <laughs> in the series, where that's all you could really do. That's in here too now, uh, but that equips you with a bunch of ways to, you know, customize your own house, like adding little partition walls to like really customize the hell out of your rooms. Uh, the big thing that they kind of like featured early was the return of the cafe. is like the first new building, although it's part of the museum. Uh, that has come out uh, since the game launched, and you get Brewster, the owl, I think, or pigeon, who makes yeah, he's coffee. Yeah, a pigeon. Uh, and that is a big nothing burger in my experience. <laughs> like, I mean, it's always, it's always been, no- like, pre- previously, the only draw of the cafe was K.K. Slider would play there on weekends, but now he just plays in the courtyard. So. Right, and, and so you go there, and you spend 200 bells for a cup of coffee, and sometimes there's other people there, and you can invite other characters with amiibos, uh but it's like like samus yeah no like uh like animal crossing characters um so that that's that's nothing but like there's so much new content so many quality of life changes um you can build like a co-op market by like paying for different stalls for different npcs so like you can get crazy red uh permanently so that every day you can get new crazy red merch like fake art and shit uh same with you know all the specialty vendors that show up from time to time on the island um it does seem Katrina, like the the fortune teller is is in this this co-op also um Cap'n is back the turtle 
what would you call him? The the fairy he's driver. He's a turtle. He's a pirate turtle. He, yes, uh, who sings you songs as he takes you to new islands, and those islands will, you know, have sometimes vegetable starts because now farming and cooking is in the game or gyroids because gyroids are in the game now um or vines which is a new thing that you can put on walls and then climb uh like it's it's uh, that's not even half the stuff um but it is it does it hasn't changed the game dramatically like maybe that the, the dlc mode is like sort of its own standalone thing but it it just it has injected it with just an unimaginable amount of stuff um and yeah i feel weird because i played just a metric ton of animal crossing as everyone did when it came out yeah and i i continue to play it i think longer than most people did and well it's weird on a couple ways one it's just so busy right now in terms of game releases that like Mm -hmm. staying ahead of everything i like actively was like i just can't jump into this again yeah. because I'm worried that it's going to like sink all of my time into this. And I might, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm wondering whether if I jump into it in December when everyone more or less is probably like going to be moving back away from it, whether I, that'll I, hinder my interest. The, the fan base is like <laughs> our, our company slack is like always on that turnip hunt now. Like it's, it's, I think this is going to oh, does money have, like matter again. Uh, I mean, yeah, some of the new stuff, like there's cars that you can buy as decor for your Island, because there's a lot of people with like urban settings that they've built into their Island. So there's a bunch of different types of cars that you can buy now that are like pretty fucking expensive because they're yeah. cars. Yeah. It, I mean, it doesn't matter like a ton, a ton, but you do need, uh, you know, a decent bankroll if you want to buy all this new shit. Um, honestly, I have been taking it slow, partially because of what you said, like, it's so busy, uh, game, game wise. I've been playing like, I don't know, half hour, 45 minutes in the morning once everything opens up, like get some, go to an island. You can only do one a day, like the Cap'n tours. Oh, that's See if I get any new cool shit, uh, fly to Harv's Island, which is where the co-op is and like unlock a new stall and see what kind of rare stuff that they have in stock. And then usually that's, that's about it. Um, because like there are huge things that I could do now. I could build a farm, like on my island, just for the cool aesthetics of it. Uh, but like I don't know what I want to destroy in my island to make room for that. So I haven't exactly gotten to that point yet, where I'm like investing the hours into changing the the shape of my island. Um, so I think if you just sort of go into it expecting to do that, just like yeah, well, I'm going to dip in and see what's new. And then sort of let the rest come to you if you if you want to go wild in it like you used to, then that's go go you know that's there for you. But I got so wild that the game. I wonder if they've improved the engine at all because the game could not handle yeah, my level of creativity. It, it, I started playing after the expansion dropped on a rainy day, not realizing that like when it is raining, it moves all the shit around on the map more, and it was so laggy it was extremely laggy uh which is a problem i did not i don't know i just never really noticed when i was originally playing it so that isn't that is an unpleasant issue on clear days it's fine though if you are somebody who's never played new horizons it is a the value proposition now is is i would say outrageous um but if you are somebody who used to play and you like you know, there's a lot of people wrestling with like, God, do I start my island over? Do I flatten it? I would like never do that. Yeah, don't do that, I would say. Just just, just go in and play the new stuff without worrying about like creating this utopian society with, you know, <laughs> ample farmland. 
creating an agrarian sort of ecosystem. Like, don't worry about that shit. Just go take on a take a few tours with a singing turtle man. Amen. Justin, anything you want to add? Didn't play it. Okay, cool. And that's sorry. That's fine. Did you play that's it fine. like originally? I don't even remember. Yeah, I played it lots. Yeah. Really liked it originally. Just haven't. I mean, I don't know what to say. Yeah, I did it. Well, you know, no, I do know what to say. I fucking bought Forza Horizon and was playing it, and you dolts decided to pivot, so I didn't play this game for children because I was too busy being a gearhead and cranking out some arpims. Cool. Yeah, they'll talk about that on Resties. Um, yeah, so. I won't be on that though. My time spent with Forza is just in the ether. Just, just I measured it in numbers of my children's smiles that I miss playing Forza Horizon. <laughs> let's move on do we uh it looks like we have some questions here <laughs> uh chris Plant dumped these questions in our laps and then departed from the call yeah some real which, barn burners here which is quite uh yeah okay well we're gonna just start um isaac question from isaac what's the best smelling in-game world in a video game oh i see Okay. So what world smells best? I think Animal Crossing, I mean, d- depending on how well you've been keeping up with your island, I mean, uh, probably smells pretty good. I, and I don't want to play this card because I don't know yes. the PC culture. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. But have you ever been to a zoo? <laughs> <laughs> the, the scent of a zoo is not... It's a it's a it's a potpourri of garbage. It's never it's never awesome. No one's ever gone home from the zoo and been like, "I only smelled great things today." Um, but you're like you you. So you think the Animal Crossing villagers are just shitting all over your island? Well, bud, their houses are wicked small, and most of them ain't got turlets in them. <laughs> I know. I love Rold, my man, my sweet little penguin, yeah, penguin. boy. He's great. I, he's been my OG like since the first week that New Horizons <laughs> came out, my OG in New Leaf. His house is like a little iceberg with no toilet. So where are you doing it? I like to think that like behind the back wall of the <laughs> island, it's just <laughs> shit piled high to the heavens. Yeah. Or when I or like Toy Story, when I'm not playing the game, they all just walk waist high into the ocean and release it. <laughs> you know, you, uh, I one world that you looks good, but you don't think about probably smelling really bad is the Mushroom Kingdom because you think about the the flora and fauna of that world. Like that's a pretty funky environment. It's got to. It looks very cute, but like. I bet when Mario first got there, he spent a good half hour just being like, Christ, this is funky. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funky in here with all the mushrooms. Well, God. But hold on one second, because Mario was born there. What? Mario is originally from the Mushroom Kingdom. Mario uh, despite, is originally from Brooklyn. No, despite what the movie would tell you. <laughs> Mario Mario was born in Brooklyn, New York. Mm, no. Mario Mario is not a denizen of the Mushroom Kingdom. That's among the dumbest things you've ever said. Name other humans in the Mushroom Kingdom. Peach. She's from New York! <laughs> <laughs> then how did she worm her way into the, the monarchy? King Ralph. Okay, okay. Her mom died. Her mom was from the mush- was the queen of the Mushroom Kingdom. They chose, uh, like, different. they chose humans to rule over them. 
because they felt like they couldn't self-govern. It's one like a lack of self-confidence is a big problem amongst the people of the Mushroom Kingdom. Yeah. Mario Mario was born in Brooklyn, New York. Um, okay. He's I, an Italian plumber. You're right. You're right. Who resides in the mushroom resides in the mushroom kingdom. But let me ask you this. This is the rest e, of the episode. Are, are they they're twins, right? Luigi yeah. and Mario are twins. What? <laughs> they're born at the same time. No. What? Yes. No, Luigi's his younger brother. By like a minute. You're uh, please I need you to just do you want me to back just this up? I can fraternal. It. Just say the word fraternal so I can move on with my life. I, uh, they're, tw- they're twins. Say the word fraternal. Fraternal twins. Thank you. Bob Hoskins. Not identical twins, Bob Hoskins, certainly. God rest his soul, and John Leguizamo are not the same age. I'm he, just saying in Yoshi's Island, they are the same, more or less. They're both fucking babies in Yoshi's Island. Yeah, that's actually a good point, too. Shit, yeah. They're close. It's more canonical than the movie I'll grant you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Yoshi's Island, you see at the end of Yoshi's Island, they get delivered to a mushroom house where Mario and Luigi's parents live. Okay, the worst smelling video game is Toe Jam and Earl Panic on Funkatron. Agreed. I think Fuck. we all Absolutely. know that. Absolutely, grant it. The best is Candy Crush, moving on. Best is, well, on a <laughs> close, you're close. Actually, the best smelling one is Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. <laughs> you ever see, <laughs> no, really dude, good. I always, anytime I played Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, which was a ton, because I didn't have friends, uh, was they always, I always wanted to gobble up those little gooey suckers. I bet they smell amazing. Okay, so we're gonna take we're gonna move on. Um, this is a very open ended question. My favorite, favorite mobile games. I, I'm gonna take this to mean like ever. I can't do that. Just no, not just like, not ever. But like, if you had to recommend one for people to play right right now, woof. What would it, um, what would it be? Don't say uh, this is. Isn't this a weird state of affairs? No, where like, fucking kidding, man. It used to be fun to play games on your phone. No, no, I no, no. I I actually play a lot. Of, the I, the reason I reacted woof is because I actually feel a little overwhelmed by what I would recommend to someone because I actually have a lot of games that I play. If you want to see a weird thing, get winner winner. <laughs> it is a uh, lot. This is not a recommendation that you should actually do, but it is funny. It is uh, live streamed claw games that oh, you yeah, I've like, heard about this. control. I think you just you might have recommended it. Yeah, no, I, no, I have never. Oh, okay, I've never recommended it. But it it is a that is a weird it is a weird thing to do. I I don't know that it's like, but it's like you spend real money and then you can play real claw games and they'll ship you the prizes. It's pretty wild. Yeah, that, also, it's claw, just wild that that is a thing. I don't, also, I don't, claw games are a scam. So just keep that in mind before you yeah. throw money down. Mobile, well, mobile games are a scam. It's a match made in heaven. <laughs> Uh, um, let's just start going. The Fire Emblem game, I think Russ might still be playing that. What is I'm Fire still Emblem fucking Heroes? playing Fire Emblem Heroes, and it's like five years on. It's great. Yeah. It's it's. I, I think let's just focus on mainstays. Solitarica, I go back and play a lot. I've played it to death. I played that one so much. Um, recent one, uh, SNKRX. The I think I talked about oh, it yeah. earlier this year. It's the Snake Tower Defense game on iOS. It's I've played that so much. If you um, want a chill game and you don't care about high score, you just want to like kill some time on the subway or wherever you are. Desert golfing, y'all. Oh uh, yeah, so fucking I good. Mentioning these old bit busted joints. What's busted about desert golfing? It's just old joints. Everything. <laughs> uh, or you can play the the sequel, Golf on Mars. I'm wanting like new recommend. Like when I get into a an an iOS game, I get really into it. But I feel like. There hasn't been one that has like hooked me that deeply in in quite some time. Have you played SNKRX? Uh, 
Yeah, it was it was pretty good. It was neat. I like that one. <laughs> okay. But that's about as far as I, I mean, Clap Hands Golf is good. Clap Hands Golf I is mean, great. Also on arcade is Super Stickman Golf 3 Plus, uh, which is another game they've spent a shit ton of time playing. Oh, yeah, super good. I, I would say if you haven't, uh, you don't really know what to play on mobile, probably just like get Apple Arcade for a month because yeah. it comes with just so much shit, similar to Game Pass, and it'll kind of develop your taste buds for that stuff. I, to be to be frank, I, I don't. I'm always on the lookout for new iOS games. Just like always, I'm always like checking reviews and like what's hot and getting on uh, iOS gaming on Reddit just to like see if there's anything <laughs> that people are like really hyped for right now. Mm-hmm. And nine times out of ten, there's just not that game that is like the one that everybody's talking about, which it used to be all there was. I think a lot of people. A lot of indie developers specifically have moved to either console development or PC development. Um, there are obviously are still big indie releases that happen, but they are not super duper frequent on yeah. iOS. So I think Over, that's probably, Overboard came out on iOS this year, I think. That's, that's a, true. That's a good one that we've talked about. Tremendous before. game. Yeah. Yeah. I like that one a lot. I, you know what? Part of my problem is I do my Japanese studies on my, on your phone. On my iOS yeah. time. But think yeah. of how many um, games, the the doorway, the key to the doorway of gaming that's going to unlock the, for yes. you. When well, you can so finally true. play Final Fantasy VII as Aerith. <laughs> as, as intended. As God intended. I actually, um, can you please keep us abreast because I want to know when you're, <laughs> when you're able to uh, use this skill set when gaming. Yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, yeah, that'll be yeah. Um, I'll get there. Um, let's uh, let's. What else have you guys been playing? Uh, I've been playing the uh, Repentance expansion pack to the Binding of Isaac, which is, is that on Switch. Uh, came yet? Out on, it, it just came out on Switch. Fuck yeah! Um, like a week ago. Um, extremely good. Uh, certainly a good time to. Man, Binding of Isaac, we've talked about this before. I adore Binding of Isaac. It's the Switch game that I've spent the most time playing. It's really an astounding amount of time that I've sunk into this game. Uh, It is not easy to jump into. It's very intimidating. But I think for people that, like, love Binding of Isaac, I think a lot of those folks might maybe prefer to play on Switch because it is meant to be, like, a pick-up, put-down kind of game. And it's super good on Switch, runs great. Uh, It's so much additional content it's wild uh just they like doubled the number of playable characters and just added a ton of items and levels and actually an end to the story um super amazingly good so uh yeah uh and if you haven't bought it's a little weird just a heads up if you haven't bought any of the games uh of binding of isaac before you'll need to buy on switch you'll need to buy Afterbirth. i think after Man, I forget all the names, but you'll have to buy the core game first, um, and then uh, you'll buy Repentance like as an expansion pack. But if you're on PS5, they sell it as like a big bundle that includes everything. So just maybe do some research before you plunk down and know what you're getting. Um, what's Bloodshore, Justin? Oh, buddy. <laughs> Bloodshore is a new joint from Wales Interactive. Uh, Who's that? Sh- well, the, those are your friends that have brought you so many great FMV titles oh, okay. over the years. Uh, Bloodshore is a new FMV game that I just wanted to to very quickly shout out. It is a um, choose your own adventure type game. Don't expect like massive interactivity here. It's it's pretty much just like 
do you do this or do you do that? It's not twitchy at all. But it is a uh, the story of like a battle royale where the uh, it's also like being sort of like live streamed, and there's a lot of people there that are doing it for the notoriety. So it's like you get cutaways to like the audience and the people who are uh, live streaming the actual like competition. Uh, and uh, you start off with like this group of people uh, that are sort of like your squad and then Im- immediately start making decisions about like when to betray them or when to help them. And it tracks different things like um, the morale of your team, mm. like how people are doing and like how well equipped you are, like how, how well outfitted you are depending on the, the decisions that you make. But like you're making pretty monumental decisions uh, about how you want to approach it pretty quickly. It's, surprisingly well written and well acted and like a good sort of like implementation of this it's obviously like b b grade you're not going to see a lot of like names you um recognize or anything like that but um i i really i i thought it was really interesting and it's very like it knows exactly what it's doing it's very confidently like put together and and stuff and it's called bloodshore Mm. and i think that it's pretty pretty neat um, okay, I'll go through mine really quick. I finally beat Act One of Inscription, and I get oh, it. Oh yeah, me too. And now I get it. <laughs> I get it now, and I'm uh, excited to have time to like see what Act Three looks like. Like it, it that game is uh, that game is very exciting. Do you guys understand why the frustration where it felt like you guys yes, wait, were talking about a different wait, wait, game wait, wait, wait. than I was? Wait, because I've beaten Act One. But I and now Griffin's talking about Act Three. Oh no no, I'm on Act Two now. Like I want to beat Act Two now, just to see like, yeah, what okay. the next I'm on wild shift as, is going to be as um, well. Because I it hasn't it hasn't dramatically dramatically. I mean, there was I'm not going to talk about it here. There was something wild that happens at the end of Act One, but it hasn't dramatically dramatically changed yet for me. Man, so I you am need to play the next twenty seconds then, because it gets. I don't know what do, you're talking. Do you stop at the exact same place that you stopped? No, I played. Have you played some in Act Two? I, I think. Holy shit! Oh okay, God. we'll <laughs> talk about this. We'll, in, let's let's save podcast, this after. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I beat Death's Gambit, a game we talked about last week. I started that actually. Fucking That's very, great! Yeah, it's fucking cool, man. It's like a halfway between. It, it's very easily like Dead Cells meets. A Soulsborne. Right, yeah. that's it. Uh, I can't really recommend it enough. I started another playthrough because the, there's so many different ways to play that game. I wanted to see like what a magic playthrough was. Yeah. And it was that great Souls-like shit where I just burned through the game. I'm almost about to beat it, and I've been playing maybe this, <laughs> save like three hours or so. Yeah. And I'm also getting a different ending. There's lots of different endings. Apparently, I didn't do good enough my first playthrough, and so there's Oh, yeah, so you didn't get any of the bonus endings. No, but the- I, it's, but, uh, it's more open-ended than I expected it to be. Sure, yeah. I, uh, there's a lot of times where I'm like, I don't really know what to do next. I think I'm gonna poke around this way. It does not have the punishment of failure. Yeah. So, uh, it's not as, not nearly as intense as, as usually these games are, so it really does encourage you to kind of like fuck around. Like, yeah. I, I don't know, poke around, see what- Yeah, the what, only thing you drop just you to want. get back into Death's Game, but I guess you have healing plumes, which are the Estus flask of the game, right? And you collect different, uh, you collect like extra charges for it. Um, so now you can use it three times before you go to a save point. Uh, and when you die, you just drop one of your charges and you have to go back to the point where you died to get it. Or you can spend a bunch of the currency of the game to like just automatically get it back. So what you can do is you can also deposit all of your plumes at a save point to give yourself a little bit of extra damage. Uh, but you won't have any healing if you like deposit them all, but then there's no penalty for dying. So you can do that and just like go on these wild runs 
to find shit. That game is fantastic and has cemented itself in my in my goatee considerations. Yeah, uh, it's definitely up there. Started Shin Megami Tensei Five. We're going to talk about that next week. Uh, but the big one I wanted to talk about, uh, Henry, uh, my my almost five year old now, uh, has gone on a couple YouTube deep dives into like the gaming space, which I've had to watch like a hawk. Uh, but he watched yeah. a playthrough of um, Nickelodeon All-Stars Brawl, which if you don't know what that is, it is Super Smash Brothers explicitly, but with Nintendo characters. Or with Charlie Nickelodeon with, that, actually. With, yeah, with, Nickelodeon. with Nickelodeon characters. Uh, so, like, you can get Powdered Toast Man fighting Oblina from All Real Monsters. Yeah, I, I was curious, like, do kids... I, it felt like the, the catalog of characters that were playable... Do kids even recognize these yeah, characters? Yeah, abs- absolutely. Like maybe okay. they don't. Maybe they don't. They don't rock with Nigel Thornberry in the way that <laughs> I do. Uh, but I mean, they got characters from Loud House on there. As you know, all of the SpongeBob friends. Uh, it's really multi generational in a way that's extremely smart. Yeah, and like appeals to like I get to show her like powdered toast man yeah, yeah. exactly and she, and she's getting to play like the loud house so now he's obsessed with cat dog and like now wants to watch <laughs> cat dog because he's a playable character in nickelodeon all-stars brawl and that just delights him um and it's it is simplified like smash i would say although if you do watch people playing it online at like expert level like you're like does spongebob just fucking wave dash like you see this stuff <laughs> that, that the pros do um but you can also like tune the ai uh, all the way to like have have your you know five year old who is not really great at pressing multiple buttons at the same time like fight against a completely stationary Invader Zim and still get the joy of like smashing him off the screen. Yeah, um, I was very proud of Henry. Actually, he one on one SpongeBob while playing as Reptar and actually beat him and it was like the most like proud he has been of his playing in a, in a video game before uh and by extension the most proud i've ever been of him of course period as a person as yeah. a person um yeah it's, it's a lot of fun i know most of our listeners are not going to get a lot out of it but if you have you know kids around that age it is a i would say an approachable experience um yeah Cool. Uh, I wanted to thank the following folks for writing reviews uh, on Apple Podcasts. Thanks to Captain Humphy, Waterboy Low, Davy B seven hundred one, Dalton Keebler, and Lone Cart. Thank you for writing reviews on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. Thank you to everyone else who has written reviews on Apple Podcasts. We also really appreciate you. Uh, games we talked about this week. I will attempt this in Chris's absence. Call of Duty Vanguard, obviously. Uh, a bunch of Call of Duty games, sort of by extension. Animal Crossing New Horizons, uh, new expansion, which is free, uh, except for the Happy Home Designer DLC mode. Uh, we talked about Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bee Machine. Uh, we talked <laughs> about, oh shit, we talked about a f- bunch of mobile games. Uh, Solitarica, uh, Super Stickman Golf 3 Plus, Clap Hands Golf, Fire Emblem uh, Heroes, Fire Emblem he- Heroes, SNKRX, probably some other ones. I apologize. And then we talked about The Binding of Isaac Repentance, uh, which is out on Switch, the DLC for Binding of Isaac. Talked about Bloodshore, Death's Gambit Afterlife. Talked about uh, Inscription and Shin Megami Tensei Five briefly and then Nickelodeon All-Stars Brawl. That's the best I got, gang. It was good. Cool. There's nothing wrong with that. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We very much appreciate it. I Here's what I would like to... We've got like a spot or two in the schedule coming up. Mm. Um, I would love to do another one of those like hidden, like stuff that you've been playing recent, like past few months. 
new stuff every day. I log on to like Steam and the the Switch Shop and just see like so much stuff that I don't have time to like dig through to see if it's if it's worth exploring anymore. So if you found some like cool hidden gems, I'd love to 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 hear about it. Um, if not hidden gems, a, like games, you think it's buck wild that we haven't talked about? Yet. Yeah, mail at besties fan is us, so you can send send us mail there. Um, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Um, be sure to join us again next time for the besties. Because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games? Besties!